This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Insights from SC23, This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to an episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell, coming back to you with an episode that's been a little while this week in HPC, listeners. Tiffany Trader is out on leave, and we've been on uh, an irregular recording schedule, but I'm delighted to come back with a special episode joined by our Chief Research Officer, Dan Olds, as well as our Senior analyst Steve Conway. Dan, Steve, thanks for being here. Happy to be here. Good to be back on the air again. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> done one of these in a while, but we couldn't let, could not let SC23 completely get all the way out of the rearview mirror without coming back with some of our insights from the show. It was a big show. There were a lot of people there, there and were. a lot of energy, over 14,000 people at the show now. That was a new attendance record. They're, they're, they're back to pre-COVID levels and beyond. We're fully back at the show. We'll talk about some of the energy there. But the big news, of course, we always look at the top 500 list. And the big news, unfortunately, was not big news. We were thinking, is there going to be a new number one? Is there not going to be a new number one? And the biggest news story is that Aurora, the new supercomputer for Argonne National Labs, got partially benchmarked and made its debut on the list at number two, leaving the Frontier supercomputer at Oak Ridge still in that number one slot, Dan. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing to have another exascale system uh, here in the U.S. And it's good that that got pulled across the finish line. But got to say, my first reaction was disappointment. Well, I mean, it is a little bit disappointing. Uh, we were hoping that this would be a new number one system, and I think it will be a great system. And as you said, it did get in there as an exaflop, but uh, we were expecting a little more. Steve, I, you've seen some of the comments from some of the Argonne people. Well, yeah, I I, I congratulate them for, um, you know, sticking with it. This has been a hard slog, um, and and as well with uh, Intel and, and Cray. But uh, yeah, it, it was disappointing, I think. And we heard that from a lot of people that uh, it, it didn't hit number one. And well, it's an open question. We'll have to see if it ever does hit number one. It is an interesting question whether it will ever become number one. Not, you know, I think we're confident that it will improve in performance. It'll get the whole system benchmarked, but we've got El Capitan waiting in the wings. Yeah. And we don't know where that will become the May June list. So it's a it's a real question as to how that race plays out. Meanwhile, I can't help but notice that Aurora's original two sister systems as part of the Coral Initiative, the Summit and Sierra systems, are both still in the top 10. Uh, talk about great longevity in these systems. These are, are real uh, wonder kids. I mean, they're the, they're also the last of their breed. Yeah, they are. The, I'm I mean, they're the last systems built uh, with non Intel AMD uh, arm or other chips. I mean, they're based on power nine, but they're, they're ever ready bunnies. They really have been extremely productive systems, and I, I expect that the one at Argonne will also be highly productive. 
Yeah, it's just we we're waiting a little bit longer to get that full benchmark that there that's there. But Aurora is a terrific system, and we look forward to seeing more from it. Meanwhile, there have been some other changes in the top ten. Maybe the biggest surprise was at number three, which is a supercomputer called Eagle, which is a, a collection of Microsoft Azure instances. This is Intel Xeon Platinum Plus NVIDIA Hopper H100 GPUs using NVIDIA NDR Infinity band coming in at number three yeah i mean to me unless a customer can buy this unless it's a configuration it's not really a supercomputer i mean what if amazon ran linpack on everything they have that would be multi multi exascale and would that be a supercomputer well it's a, oh. it's a good question and you know, the shift I've been seeing on the recent years we've all been seeing is from uh, so much reliance on the top 500 to national and regional HPC initiatives using performance gains on particular applications as a success metric. And so that sort of puts this, for me at least, in a, a different perspective. Yeah, I'll disagree with you, Dan, a little bit on this one, because this is a set of co-located, tightly connected nodes that all have InfiniBand. Can you buy it? Well, I mean, Microsoft bought it. You can rent it. You can rent these instances. They're out there. This is a supercomputer, you ask me. Then let's put it on the price list and see how much it costs. All right. we'll, go, we'll go run. do that research. But in the meantime, Eagle's at number three. Fugaku is still at number four. Lumi is still up there at number five. A bunch of European systems. You see Lumi, Leonardo, Maranostrum 5. Number nine, another new NVIDIA system. This one is internal to NVIDIA called EOS. This is a DGX SuperPod. Similar configuration to the Microsoft one we just discussed. It's Xeon Platinum from Intel as the CPU. The Hopper H100 GPUs and uh, NDR 400 gigabit uh, InfiniBand from NVIDIA. Is that one a supercomputer, Dan? You can't buy it. NVIDIA owns it. Uh, no, you can buy it. I bet if you took a big enough, you can absolutely buy it. And here's something I just noticed in looking at the list statistics for November 2023. Um, NVIDIA is starting to claw their way up the charts there. Oh, they, yeah, they have, I believe they, this is like their fourth or fifth uh, internal supercomputer. Am I right or wrong on that as he feverishly clicks the mouse to do research? Yeah, we, we've seen a bunch of them. That's true, regardless of the exact count. NVIDIA has put several systems on the list and yeah. no surprise because let's talk about the big theme from top 500 or not top 500 excuse me from sc23 it was ai this is an ai show again it's going to be an ai show again next year and ai is driving a ton of growth in the industry we talked about this with regard to our updated market forecast and the effects yep. of generative ai people want to know what's the size of the so-called ai market and that energy pervaded through the show. Uh, Steve, you were pointing out that this is an area of high innovation, which also comes with a high degree of uncertainty. I think one of the big changes I noticed was new tier of hyperscale companies getting involved 
in uh in the show we would see the you know core weave had a booth and lambda was there these are big hyperscale companies that all led to nvidia having really a pretty big show without really having their own booth which i i gotta say that disappoints me i think nvidia come on have a booth now you had a you had a great show and you get credit for having a great show but i would really like to see nvidia have a booth rather than draft off of everything else dan i agree on the AI topic, um, one of the things that interested me was, and and it's not surprising, but um, the show was really uh, showcasing the AI status quo, which is very training dominant, uh, dominated. But behind the scenes, the conversations were about the the um, the effort shifting a lot more into the direction of inferencing, uh, because yeah. that's there. There are lots of things that are going to be obstacles to continuing this dominance of, uh, of training. Yeah, and inferencing definitely has to rise, but there's still, I would bet, and based on our, our research, uh, I would bet that probably 80% conservatively of the AI models out there aren't in production yet. I, I, would, I would not disagree with that. Yeah, and so it's going to, be a little while for inferencing. It's going to come. It's going to happen. It has to, but it's going to be a while before it swamps learning. Yeah, I think in our conversation, they think within the next five years, there's going to be a, a fairly major shift. Yeah. It has, it has to happen. There, there are just too many obstacles to just most particularly just the availability of enough usable data in a lot of domains. Yeah. And we're going to keep track on how this is evolving oh, yeah. we did a major machine learning survey earlier this year we released it right before chat gpt first yeah onto the scene and, and now we've got chat gpt and bard and amazon q is going to be out there now so i'm looking forward to repeating that study in 2024 and seeing how the market has changed but one thing that's for sure dan and that you were looking at a lot is the effect of all the different processor technologies in the market right now it is not just nvidia with the gpus that are seeing a big effect and we saw this on display at sc23 absolutely i mean um we we saw microsoft announce their own CPU and GPU for internal use only right now. They're going to eat their own dog food for a while. But that's in some ways a shot across Intel, AMD, and NVIDIA's bow. That we're big enough, we can do one or two of these ourselves. You know, there's going to be, there's, there's also just recently, not the show, but you've got Amazon with Graviton 4. You've got your, I think you're going to see uh, more processors coming from the hyperscales for their own use. Well, and, and that sort of folds into this whole notion of indigenous technology initiatives, because you're, of course, seeing processors, um, you know, being developed and used in China, Europe through you know, the European, European processor initiative and so forth. And I have to mention, it's a little retro because we talked about the top 500 earlier, but how extraordinary the European progress in HPC has been mm -hmm. in recent years. They are now a global power in HPC. That was not 10 years ago. Yeah. Putting out a lot of flops. Well, flops are not everything. Well, they're putting out a lot of systems, big systems. Yeah. I mean, that was my point. They're, they've got a much bigger footprint now than they've had before. Yeah, I would agree.
Well, and some of this leads to the different consortium work that we were seeing going on with the European Processor Initiative. There's a whole ARM ecosystem going. We're hearing about RISC-V now. It's still out in the future, but we're hearing about it. And that's before we even get to things like quantum, which still seem like they're a little further away, but there are good European conversations about quantum and, and having alliances that help drive that ecosystem forward. Right, Steve? Well, yeah, Europe is about the through EuroHPC is is about uh, soon to deploy six quantum systems uh, around the continent. Six actual systems or simulators? Uh, take your pick. <laughs> it's they both are and aren't. That's the wonderful exactly, thing. With quantum, exactly, right? They can be both simultaneously. I was noticing that even beyond the big cloud companies, that next tier of processing companies also. I think we're all very busy during the show. Whether you're talking about yes, Grok or Next Silicon, yep. Cerebris, Samba Nova. I thought the Grok Llama was the best thing any company has. Brought to supercomputing anytime. I love seeing that llama out front with its horse blanket on that was all branded and everything. Now, Dan, if we're going to have all these processors, someone's got to cool them down. And that was another area where we saw a lot of initiative and uh, going on at uh, initiative and innovation at SC23. This is your area of expertise. Yeah. Every row you walked down, um, there was a liquid cooling vendor in some way, shape, or form. It was a, a lot of new names, a lot of the of the you know folks that you know, the motive airs and those types. It was a very big show for cooling. And actually, I, I did a panel on liquid cooling at the prime time, 8:30 a.m. on Friday morning. And I was afraid it was going to be just me and the panelists in the room. We had, you know, approaching a hundred people in there. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's everybody who was left on Friday morning. Just about. Um, and we had good attendance throughout, and they asked a lot of questions. So the, the interest is there. And actually, just to take a slight tangent, one of the things that I had to figure out in this is where is rack heat going? And it is going way up. I was able to, you know, in the space of an hour or so, configure a... 42U rack with a couple of, of AMD processors and a couple of GPUs and get to 50,000 watts a rack. That's the ghost of Christmas future. And that's why that's it's a, that's why liquid cooling is coming on. 50,000 watts, also known as 50 kilowatts. <laughs> yes. You can't really chill that with air unless you're in the Arctic and it's stormy. And if it's stormy, you're using more than air. That's part liquid cooling anyway. I can get there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking more of the Antarctic with sort of the dry, cold wind. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, thank you for moderating that panel. I will, I was mentioning consortia before. I'll get in one other quick word of something I was taking note of is I, I think around uh, some of the other non-processing areas we saw importance in 
uh, consortia going on. Ultra Ethernet Consortium, I think, is very interesting right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we saw a lot of activity in the high-end networking space, not only with uh, InfiniBand, but also with Cornelis Networks, with Omnipath. They had an important launch. And I'm very interested in the future of UEC and hearing what goes on with that through 2024. And I was very pleasantly surprised with a half-hour conversation I had with SNIA, the Storage and Networking mm -hmm. Industry Alliance, who we had done some work with going back a decade and a half ago, they've really uh, upped their game and are broadening the aperture on all of the aspects of data movement, protection, storage. I think that's going to be a really relevant consortium as we start looking at this expanded age of HPC and AI. But back to your point, Steve, high innovation, high uncertainty. I think that was a major theme of the show. I, absolutely. Uh, and, and it's exciting. There's also high excitement around this. There have been boring periods in the history of HPC, the early 1990s. <laughs> this is not a boring period. This is not a boring period. This is a, 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 a fun period. And it also seems like HPC now is because of the convergence with AI quantum, everything is, is getting more exciting for young folks to think about as a career. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think one of the things I would point out is a, a meeting with Cerebras. They're kind of blowing out the doors. They were very busy, uh, talked about some of the deals they had, uh, like with the, um, what's the name of it? the uh, G42 group uh, for nine big boxes. And, you know, we found the same thing with the other, what we would call, I guess, the alternative processors. Yeah, and then and the networking companies. Uh, we had a, a a very good meeting with Cornelis mm -hmm. Networks, uh, but you know those networking companies are really also coming into their, uh, uh, you know, in into the forefront uh, because it's needed. That and plus the composable folks, right? There is just a lot of go going on there. I are the the big thing is there are many many more choices that you need to make as a user these days, as a customer. Uh, well, let me go back I'm to the finished. last thing you said, Steve, about this being an exciting time to work in HPC, because that's really the last area that we should talk about with regard to the student cluster competition. This is always a ton of fun at SC, and we co-sponsored a team who was an alum uh, alumni team from our Winter Classic Invitational Student Cluster Competition earlier in 2023 from New Mexico. They were in there and uh, swinging away. Now, they didn't win. That, that honor went to... Team Raclette from Switzerland, but I well love that. By uh, the way, on their part, I well love that they were in there swinging away, and with the theme of "I am HPC" hashtag "I am HPC" that was going around the conference, the efforts around diversity in HPC were really on point this year, and that leads us into our recurring initiative coming up again right now on the heels of SC, our 2024 Intersect 360 Research Winter Classic Invitational Student Cluster Competition, which specifically benefits historically Black colleges and universities and Hispanic-serving institutions in the United States. Dan, this is your brainchild, and you got the team signed up now. You're getting the mentors all put together. Anything you want to say about it? It's going to be a barn burner. It will. It will. We have uh, 12 teams and 
uh, funny thing is they all came back from last year and want some more. They want a chance at that crown. Uh, we have five mentors signed up. We're working on sponsors now. Uh, it is getting ready to go. It's going to kick off January 22nd, 2024, and you'll be seeing more stuff from us approaching that date. If you're out there and would like some more information, do visit winterclassicinvitational.com. Get involved in this Winter Classic Invitational Student Cluster Competition. We're thrilled to have HPC Wire on board again as our media partner. Dan and I do a studio update show in our yellow sportscaster oh, yeah. blazers and, uh, and really give a lot of attention to these student teams. This is the most important thing we're going to do all year. Now, we've got a lot of research to cover this industry as well. Dan, you've got a software comprehensive big software survey just went into I the do. field that's out there now yes it is being filled out as we speak by folks i keep getting little beeps when new ones come in um this one goes deep we're not just looking at you know what os you using what tools what container technology that sort of thing we're going deep into actual applications uh, within 12 different domains and asking uh, largest instance, or, well, first of all, are you using these apps? Uh, largest instance, um, average instance, you using accelerators? If so, how many? It's, it's big. It's yeah. big. And it's, I, I, I don't think anybody has ever done one like this i've never seen the research if they have so this is going to be really interesting and eye-opening in a lot of ways well i'm looking forward to it between that a new study on machine learning and of course continuing to forecast the intersection of hpc ai hyperscale and overall enterprise it's going to be a big year in 2024 and i'm looking forward to doing it with the two of you oh yeah it's going to be big time big big stuff so Buckle in. <laughs> thanks, everyone. All right, Dan, Steve, thanks for joining me. Thanks to HPC Wire as usual. And thanks to you for tuning in again after a bit of a hiatus. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.